And another reminder that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It gives you everything you need in one place, and it's free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools, so you can record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. And they'll distribute your podcast for free. So you can hear it on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more. Just like us here at BraveMaker. Make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app today and go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast. All right, everybody. Hey, welcome to episode 53 of the Brave Maker Podcast. This is Tony Gapastone. It is quarantine time. So we are recording this on March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. So top of the morning to you. I'll use that appropriated uh, slang there. Uh, I have two special guests on the podcast today that were supposed to be in Redwood City at the end of this month, screening their film, The Illegal. But we're going to get to know them a little bit because we believe Hopefully, fingers crossed, they're going to be with us at some point. So I have writer, director, Donish Renzu of The Illegal on the podcast and actor, Suraj Sharma. Welcome to the Brave Maker podcast, you two. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having us. And we, we were, So let's, let's first shout out where you are in the world right now and anything you want to say about how this COVID-19 is affecting you. Who wants to go first? Suraj, you can start. Uh, well, I'm in New York. It's getting pretty bad over here, honestly. I mean, it hasn't begun to show itself at full light, but yes, people are not on the streets as much. Um, stores are kind of, there are people like lines outside of the store. Like it's, it's pretty, pretty panicky. Um, everyone's looking. The, the thing is right now, I don't think anybody can plan things. There's no way to do that because no idea what the future is to hold or, if this is going to pass over in two weeks or two months. Um, so it's quite interesting. It's, it's interesting times to live in, oh, for sure. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Can't say that <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, was telling, I was telling Danish before you jumped on, Siraj, that I'm watching a bunch of shows right now, and every time I see somebody shake their hands or hug, it kind of <laughs> is alarming. <laughs> it just seems like, wait, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, it is pretty crazy like that. Tanish, where are you? Update. Yeah, I mean, insanity. I mean, it started yesterday. Before yesterday, things were okay in LA, as you know. But the grocery stuff, like all the Trader Joe's and everything's empty. We we couldn't find water, you know. So I think things are getting really crazy. There's this whole panic. A lot of my friends are visiting from India, for example. Mm. They're not able to go back because the whole... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, really, Danish? Yeah, yeah. It was scary, scary times. I'm just hopeful that next two weeks this is contained and, you know, I need to go away because everything is canceling. And yeah. Not canceling, postponing. That's right, postponing. <laughs> <laughs> Danish, were your friends visiting you from India? Like, are they staying with you? Under, like, people from industry and stuff. And, oh, you know, industry. Okay, okay. <sighs> in India which is you don't know you know complicated 
Oh my, I'm sorry. Well, I know you, uh, you both had screenings of a legal planned in the next month or two, and those have all been kind of paused, which is super sad. So let's celebrate the illegal uh, on this podcast. I would love you two just to share uh, how, how, well, Dennis, your brainchild came out of your brain and Siraj, you brought it to life in a really beautiful way. I, I watched it and I can't wait to hear uh, more about it because it was a really beautiful film. And my little two cents, I thought it was a really poignant picture about just modernizing and humanizing an immigrant story in a different way, but also weaving in this dream chaser filmmaker story. I thought that was really cool and unexpected how those two things brought to life, which made it a really perfect picture for us to share Brave Maker because we're all about trying to humanize the injustices of the world, but also inspire how we might live a good story. So you did that in a really cool and powerful and creative way. So let's hear about that. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, the script was written really long time back. Um, then that time, it was not even relevant, like the way it is sure. all immigration and stuff. But it is. it has some you know personal elements to it because I also came to U.S. when I was a student, an 18-year-old kid by myself trying to figure it out and live the whole American dream. And I also met so many people who were not able to pursue their dreams or go to these schools they wanted to. You know, a lot of people had to give up their schools because of financial conditions back home. And I've met these people actually because um, when I was a student, you know, you, you work, you have two, three jobs. And I also worked in a restaurant and I met so many people and came to know their stories. And just recently I went visited the same restaurant. Mm. Same, same people are working there even now. Mm. And it's been like more than 15 years. Wow. So that's shocking. And I think that's why this film is being made and is being made because, you know, films are miracle. You know, they happen organically. And I think that's why this film is an important story because it brings life to stories of people, you know, who we tend to ignore or, you know, we go to the restaurants and we don't know these people and their stories behind their journey here in America. So I think a great point. Relevant now, which is amazing for all of us. So Siraj, you play Hassan, who is the, the lead character here in The Illegal. Let's talk first how, how you both connected. And I always love hearing why actors say yes to a story. I know. I'm a huge fan of Suraj for a very long time. When I watched Life of Pi, oh my God beautiful oh my gosh we got to talk about life of pi of course <laughs> i mean you can empathize with the character like, emotions and uh, it's beautiful like the camera stays with the suraj and he can do so much with those scenes you know especially when they're emotional or you know, transforming show of character which was beautiful too i always we when we wrote this script we wanted him of course okay he was studying that at NYU, film school students as well, which is amazing because that's what our character is. Just, I think he liked it and we connected and, and he was also a student, he was graduating. It kind of made sense for him to do this because it's sort of, he could totally, I feel like, relate to the story, being a student, an immigrant in America and a film student. Yeah, I totally feel like I related to you know, Hassan in, in many ways, you know, he's from Delhi, He's a film student, not entirely sure how he's going to go about this, but I'm pretty sure that he is going to go about this this way. He's an immigrant. Um, when I read the script, I, I knew I liked the script a lot. There was a lot, of, there was a lot of darkness in it, but there was also like emotions behind it that were kind of like, like dream world-like. 
right? Which is a good thing, which is, which is what a dreamer per se needs. And uh, once I met Danish or talked to him, I was pretty sure I wanted to do it. He's also a great guy. One thing I was worried about when I read the script and hadn't spoken to Danish yet was just how do you bring light or moments of lightness into something that is seemingly so dark, right? Mm-hmm. But then when you meet Danish and you kind of, now you've talked to him, you know, his vibe. He's like that as a director too, right? It's collaborative, but it's also, uh, he has his own vision that he wants to portray and gets there. And also like he's chill, you know, he, <laughs> he has a sensitivity to things. He, he understands that, you know, most things are in, in a gradient form. Like, for example, this story, right? He, this Hassan could be, could have done anything. He could have, his dream could have been anything. But the specificness of his dream being, uh, being a filmmaker and trying to make this story brings this interesting twist to something that we see every day and I'm, are almost numb to, you know, because who wants to see the struggles of a normal person's life on a day-to-day basis and, and, mm-hmm. and, and take it in, right? So you've got to make it something that is interesting, is something most people wouldn't think of an immigrant doing, though a lot do. And also, you know, Danish, I haven't spoken to you about this, but recently I was thinking about it. And one of the better, one of the the best things I feel honestly is it, without trying to do so, kind of tells, kind of tells people to pick, like if they want to do something, pick it up from your own life, like find the inspiration within your own life and have the courage to have a voice, you know, like Hassan's trying to. He's trying to tell the story so he has a voice, so his side of this whole narrative can be told. And like him and many other real immigrants who are actually doing things like this, like Danish um, and me, like we need this constant call that we can do this, we can stand for this. There's no need to be, in a way, afraid or put a blanket over certain truths of your own just because they might not be in a assimilative um they might not be an assimilative thing you know many times people move from one country to another and the first thing they try to do is shirk their identity because mm. they feel like it's an out from it's an outsider to the society they live in now but like america is made on immigrants mm-hmm. so it's made on identities from everywhere and and that's important to remember and kind of try and portray in life and in in film like Danish did here. That's beautiful. I really like that. Just that's part of Brave Maker's mission is to elevate brave voices for diversity, justice, and inclusion. And so that that was just so beautifully put. Uh, what do you think for for both of you? What is something that you learned? either about yourself or the craft by doing this movie. And I always like hearing it, it could be a constructive response, not a critical, but is there anything you go, Oh, I wish I would, I'll, I wish I would have done this differently. Or when I go forward, I'm going to try this in a different way because of what I learned about myself or about the craft doing the illegal. Just being an independent producer, you learn so much how to put a film together from scheduling to budgeting to uh, so many choices you make, you know, so I think with this film, it's just better sense of producing for me. Um, mm. With a low budget, you can do so much. And I feel like we could have done a lot more in the future for my future projects. 
Uh, it's just um, just making sure the film is out, gets completed on time, all those logistics and choices you make during the production. Like we got a really fancy editor, but then we, our film got affected by that. So I think as a producer, I learned a lot. And uh, for future projects, I we just want to make sure we don't make those mistakes and make sure the priority is the completion of the film. And sure. All that, those aspects are taken care of like in way in advance you know, when we start the film. So yeah, pretty much that. As a filmmaker, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still trying to find my voice. And I think this script is very personal and at the same, same time, so relevant now. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, um, it's just the right time that film has come out. I'm so glad. So, so real quick, Danish, you were talking about maybe moving forward, looking at how you spend the money, like regarding, do I need a fancy editor? Do I need this or that? Is there anything for our filmmakers who are listening, any quick tips you would tell them to be successful and effective with a, with a small budget? Don't assume things. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, we're going to save money. We'll do this, we'll do that. You know, we'll try to figure it out in post-production. There's nothing like saving money out. You need to have everything sorted right from the very beginning when you start the film. Yeah. Uh, that's the biggest learning here. Even though we did a really good job with the resources we had, we got like editors who have done Academy winning films, you know. So with very little money, so we still have done a great job with the music we got, like really orchestra and all that. Um, but still, I feel like, you know, we did delay, the film was delayed for six, seven months and uh, because of post and stuff. So that those things can, can be avoided, if, you know. I feel like it's planned brain advance and you stick to the decisions you make during the production. So I think as a producer, this film was such a learning experience. It's great. Thank you. That's helpful. Suraj, what about you? Anything you learned about yourself or the craft? I mean, you've done a bunch of things at this point, but uh, this in such a personal story, anything you learned about yourself or the craft or things that you'll do different because of what you took from set? Definitely. I feel like we were placed in a situation where we were shooting very fast. We need to get a lot done in very little time. So usually what I try to do is you try to you try to play around with the scene during the scene while shooting the scene. With this, there wasn't much time. So it was interesting to see because on one front, sometimes you were just you were you were going in, you had three takes maximum at best, and you get what you can, right? So it was interesting to learn how, so what I was trying to do is I was trying to set everything up before we got on, on, onto the set. So everything was ready from my end. Like I figured out all the lines, all my alternates that I wanted to try out everything. Um, so that when we go onto set, I can do it. And in the middle of takes, I can just place certain alternates in because I know I'm not going to get another take and we can just use it from here. Um, so that was very interesting. I hadn't done that before. It was great. Danish liked it. Danish was super collaborative with that. So that was awesome. There were also days when we had to rewrite uh, Danish. Uh, uh, like a bunch of us had to rewrite bits of the scene or the script during this the shoot, um, which is also very interesting. Also a great learning curve. But now what I learned, it realized is many times when I'm personally, when I'm trying to write, I fail to place myself in the character's head in the time that the character's saying what they're going to say. And because of that, the lines don't really gel well or flow well. But I started realizing that 
if you shoot something <laughs> and the next day you try to write, you'll write much better because you have an exact, precise understanding of exactly what is where and what the emotions were, what you captured the day before. So it was very interesting to go in into that situation like that and come out fine, I think. Um, so that was great. Um, that's the biggest learning thing I, I, I definitely had. Also, for me personally, you know, like the story takes me back to a lot of my friends when I was growing up in India. And I grew up in a very interesting neighborhood. There was a lot of uh, kids who grew up around my age and from all different financial sectors. So I saw quite a few ups and downs for a few families in that situation. And a few of them did move to America or Singapore or elsewhere to find job opportunities. And two or three times it didn't quite work out according to plan. So it was good to like emotionally connect with them again, you know, like talk to them, see what's up, see where people are at what stage in life and, and, and kind of figure out how to mold this character based off of all these people I know, Danish's vision and, 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 you know, my own understanding of what this person's supposed to be. I want to talk to you about the alt alternative things you said in a second, but just to give you an encouragement and compliment, you talked earlier about wanting to bring lightness. And the first thing that comes to my mind is the time when you're dancing out on the street or on the highway. Yeah, I, yeah. That just instantly popped into my mind. There was a, these really cool, beautiful, believable moments. I just felt like you were, you came, you were just so real and so human. So awesome on that acting front. So can you talk to our actors when you, what did it look like? like specifically or practically, did you have notes of those three different alts? By the way, I have purple hands because I was dying my daughter's hair last night. That's what you do. I wondered. I I don't have the (laughs) COVID-19. I just looked at my hands. I'm like, ah. (laughs) I thought you broke like a ink bottle or something. I know. It looks like that. No, we were just getting creative (laughs) last night. So what does it look like for an actor? Did you, you had three takes, you said. So did you write down like this objective, that objective? What did that look like on set practically, literally? Well, I was breaking, I was breaking down the the dialogue. So I break down dialogue for everything beforehand. So I I can build a couple of arcs uh, emotionally within the scene. And then you kind of, you kind of notice that there are other places this could go or other ways to impress upon the same ideas that you're trying to say. So yeah, I'd write, I'd write everything down. Or if I hadn't written it down, I would have played it so many times in my head that I knew that there were those places you could go with it. Um, then depending on the actor you're working opposite, you tell or don't tell them mm-hmm. for me. Because sometimes the emotions that come out randomly are also fun. Yeah. Um, but it's risky when you're like, it's also like, you know, you got to be pretty certain or at least to a degree certain, keep the best, only do the best ones. Don't waste your time at ramping up to it just go all the way up and then you know you can trickle down if you want so you go for your best ideas because one you don't have much time two people don't have the patience for it so you can only do that a couple of times luckily danish is very he he looks for he looks for moments you know his thing is all about moments within a scene so sometimes these bring them out so yeah i'd write them down and uh try them out and if they work stick with them. If they don't work, then just move on. But most, first and foremost, you get the, the actual thing down. Cause you know, so you get what's scripted. Then you start experimenting with the other two takes for little bits um, and see what happens. Sometimes it works. Sometimes I guess it also doesn't. Right? Yeah, really. 
Yeah, and I think Suraj is very good with improv, and also all the other actors in Hawaii, they're so good with improv, you know. Uh, it was so much fun when we just let them be. And, yeah. you know, that's when, as Suraj said, we got the right, the good performance at the same time, those moments that really, you know, made a difference and made the film more realistic than, you know, it doesn't feel like they're acting, you know. So I think we did that a lot, especially when we only had like one or two takes for certain scenes. Mm. Uh, I think we had really good act, all my actors. They were all so well prepared, so disciplined, and they just came and did their job. And then also they were open to improv because they knew their character so well and the scenes. So we just got lucky, basically. <laughs> like, I don't think it's luck. I also think Danish like extensively talks to his actors beforehand. Yeah, and that's cool. so key. You got to be on the same page. Danish is great at that, and also setting people up so that they know what's coming. You know. Yeah, I mean, nobody knows what's coming when it comes to filmmaking or anything, really. See, we now see this with the whole coronavirus. Nobody has any idea how to... That's the thing. But Danish has the ability to put people on the same page uh, and make them essentially feel safe to perform. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was it was a blessing to us that we yeah, had also, him. Yeah, and also for indie films, I think we need to have a really good crew on board well, all are very like open to, you know, giving that little extra, you know. Yep. Um, I think with this film, we had such a good cast and crew. Like, yeah. you know, really talented people. And they were all so friendly. We're all friends. Even now we talk, we are in touch, you know. So it was very special to have such a good collaborative team. That's when, you know, magic happened. That's a recurring theme on uh, our conversations with Brave Maker is the collaborative nature, really becoming friends. Yes, we all have a job to do, but being like liking each other is really important to kind of to create good work. And we all know that there's really creative geniuses out there who are not easy to work with. And sometimes you put up with that because you want to have that person, you know, whether they're a DP or an actor or whatever, but it really can, you know, that it can leak some toxic toxicity, right. Into a crew or into a cast when there's those type of vibes. So yeah, I, I think that's something we always talk about on this podcast. I love that that surfaces really quick. I'm curious, uh, for, for Donish, how, what would you say? And then for Siraj, what would you say? What, what are some characteristics you look for in a good actor, Donish, and Siraj in a good director? What are some tips or tricks, things, bullet points that come to your mind? Because every actor is different. Every director is different. Some actors like a lot of talking. Some actors say, don't talk to me, let me do my thing. You know, what are some things that work for you uh, in regards to actors, Donish? We'll start with you. What do you look for in an actor on set? What makes a good actor? Yeah, I think, first of all, very open to improv, you know, and uh, willing to, you know, change things while we're doing things. I'm really collaborative. I think that really helps the performances because uh, once you have that kind of relationship where you can just be open to each other and talk it out and make changes, tweak here and there, then I think really good scene. Some turn out to be really good. Scenes turn out to be really good. So I think collaborative actors is the first thing for sure. And number two is very important is prepare, preparation. Like mm-hmm. actors have to come prepared, they should know their lines. Suraj knew everything. He was like memorizing all the time and all the other actors. So I think they have to be very disciplined. And, you know, preparation has to be there. They can't just come on set without knowing their lines and stuff. And I'd be very lucky for how all the actors have been very, you know, because, you know, SAG, the most important characteristic is being prepared. And what would you say, not for the illegal, because I'm sure everyone was great, but what are some things you would say, actors, don't do this. If you come to set, 
don't do this? What are just some quick tips? So, Cause our actors are listening. What should they be aware of? Like don't direct other actors, right? If the director's there, actors shouldn't be directing other actors. What are some things like that you might say? Things, you know, I didn't face anything mm-hmm. at all. I, not on the illegal, but let's just say in general. <laughs> <laughs> like actors doing weird stuff. You know, I never, to be honest. Good for you, man. That's a- yeah, I've, all my actors, I've met are amazing, you know. I never had any divas, nothing, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I think you just have to. You should be on time and prepared and do your part and just leave, you know, and come back and do your part again. I think that's what that's good. <laughs> that's good. On time is a big thing, and there's a there's a there's a, a window for being on time. I've had actors show up like an hour and a half, and I'm like, um, dude, <laughs> I'm busy here, so <laughs> go find somewhere to sit. Maybe show up 15 to 30 minutes before your call time. That's good, but you don't want to be too early or too late. Yeah, that's good. Time is an important thing for an actor, right? Don't waste their time either, because then they also get bored if they're waiting too long and their scenes are delayed, and they also lose that excitement and you know. So I think it's either it's mutual respect from Purdue production company and the actors. Yeah, actors, I would just add too, sometimes your, your, your set etiquette gets passed on, right? So if you're great to work with, the director is going to give you praise to her, his actor friend, her director friends who want to work with you. And if not so much, <laughs> that also gets around too, you know? Yeah, it's all recommendations. All relationship recommendations, right? Okay, Siraj. What makes a great director and not, we're not talking about Donish here and the not so great because we know he's a great director. So <laughs> anything, you've worked with a lot of great directors, Siraj too, which I want to talk about Ang Lee, but just how, how would you talk about uh, what tips and tricks make a good director to work with? Well, I think the most, everybody's different and some people have airs, some people have specificities, some people like you don't quite understand sometimes. Um, some people are too amiable. Everybody has things, but there's one thing I think you got to trust. You got to have, they, you got to trust them and um, you got to feel that they trust you too. I think that's the most important thing is if that's there, then, then, then you're brave enough to try things. You're brave enough to know what to do at what time. Hmm. Um, if you have the trust, you know that if you're going overboard or uh, under undercutting it, then they will tell you. Um, that's super important um, because sometimes something's performances feel too big or too small, and 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 it go and it plays through your head. You need to know what's actually going on. So I feel like trust is the most important thing. You got to get that down. And yes, other than that, yes, the collaborative um, feel is 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 key, especially on set. But more off of it too, like before you shoot, you talk, talk, talk. Um, yeah, and their ability to, and you need to want to feel that they know what they want. Like one of the main things that I've learned from filmmaking, from watching people work and trying to work myself is what you plan is not going to happen. <laughs> and the way you see the movie in your head is not what you're going to get. Yeah. 100%, always. But you want to get as close as you can to it. And you got to have the trust in them that they will. Because that'll push you. That'll force you, make you want to also give it everything. And if that's the case, then you're going to get the closest to what you're hoping for. That's deep. That's super profound. I think that trust, which in life, right? That's such an important part of all our relationships, you know, with significant others, marriages, parents, children, 
but the people we're working with, if we can feel as if they trust us and we trust them and there's uh, honest transparency, I think the director actor relationship sometimes, you know, myself, I, I, I've got to do both. I feel like there's that temptation sometimes to blow smoke up an actor's ass, you know what I mean? Like you want them to feel good and inflated, but that doesn't help them. Right. So how do you constructively give them feedback in a way that helps them improve, but doesn't tear them down or shame them. And as an actor on the other side, I do, I want to feel like I do want to feel like I'm doing a good job, but I don't want to feel like the person isn't able to tell me what I need to hear. So that's really good. Uh, do you have any thoughts about developing that trust? Did you get to spend some time before? Was it, I mean, you talked on the phone, I'm sure, but what can an actor and director do to build that trust beforehand? Cause time is so limited and it's expensive, right? Cause you don't always get that, but any quick tips or thoughts about how to make that happen? Important is meeting for, you know, to shoot, um, just talk about the character and you don't have to talk about the whole script, few scenes, important scenes, mm-hmm. you know, the arc, understanding, you know, where the character is in the beginning, where the character is again. Just having those conversations. Because what we did in this film also, I had Hannah and Suraj also meet. And we, three of us met because they didn't know each other. And mm-hmm. it was good for them to also know each other. And sure. Sort of just we were more comfortable on set. Yeah. I think that comes comfort, comfort zone where you can just meet and interact and become friends because only then you will be able to be open up and share your, you know, uh, honest feedback. Because yeah. I think you need honesty, truth and honesty, because once you're doing a scene, if it's not good, it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if the scene's not honest, it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. So Table Reads is also a great example. I don't think we did Table Reads for this um, particular film, but that's also a good way of collaborating and knowing your script. And I've done it with other films. But it's fun. It's fun to see all the actors together, talk it out, read it, read it aloud, you know, and see what's working, what's not working. So all that is something that could be done in pre Production. So for our listeners, a table read is when the director producers get all of the cast together. You can even do it with before you cast with other actors just to hear your script read from start to finish out loud and have these actors put voices to all the characters. And sometimes that's where some good changes can happen and some good development can happen for the director and for the actors. So yeah, that's cool. I also hear you saying too, obviously for on-camera relationships, the development of those off camera are really helpful too. If they're supposed to be a, a couple, for instance, it's good for them to hang out outside of, you know, getting in front of the camera and hearing action for the first time. That's really great. Cool. Any other thoughts from you, Siraj, on that? Yeah, that's about it. I think uh, Danish hit it. It's the trust making happens in the pre-production. You want it to happen in the pre-production. You, you want to be on the same page before you start thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow. You know, that's like great. what is, so, yeah, that's, I think, the, the most important thing. I think, like, when you read a script, you, you, you don't just like it or not like it. You trust it or don't mm-hmm. trust it, you know? And then same with the, same, same with the director. Same, same with, as you said, like, any kind of relationship that you want to work and want for it to bear fruit, you need to put, put honesty into it and get trust out of it, you know? Like, you need to trust Whoa, dude, I just got chills. That's an interesting way to talk about a script. Not that I don't like it or that I like it. Do I trust it? That's, mm. that's, I've never heard that before. Hell yeah. That's really, that's really good. It's a great way to talk about a script. If you're an actor or director, do I trust it? That's wow. Okay, I'm going to have to sit down and think about that. That's good. All right, so that, that's the illegal and that's some general talk about 
directing and acting. We've got a few more minutes. I'd love to hear just, let's talk about some of the things you're working on and things you have worked on. Suraj, we can't move forward without talking about Life of Pi. That was your very first film role. And, you know, from what I've read and behind the scenes, you were not even intending to go. I think your brother brought you along to an audition and you, it was like thousands upon three thousands of kids that were auditioning for Ang Lee and you book it. Like what in the world, man, this is an amazing film. It's a spiritual film. It's a beautifully shot film and and you acted with the air and I've seen all the behind the scenes (laughs) of you talking about that. How, how is that now? Like eight, eight years, right? 2012. Mm, Is that right? Yeah. Eight, eight or nine. Yeah. So, so eight, nine years after, how is that still impacting your life? The life of pie? Um, Oh, I, it impacted my, it put me on a, on a trip. It sent me into a world. I don't think that I would ever be a part of. Um, yeah, but eight, nine years later, it still, it still affects me both emotionally, what I went through or we went through together still emotionally it, it it sits with me um it's also like some of the best memories of my life so you know you can't really and the best people i've met also like just it was a it was a it was a it was a whirlwind of amazing things and seriously tough um dark times so yeah it affects me to this day man i i cherish it i it's it's it's, it's a beautiful thing i went through it. it it's weird i mean at this point you know it's it's so close to you that it's also really feels real like it doesn't feel real you no, know it, it feels okay no i mean the repercussions of it do but the actual memories are so like wow insane you know that it's a mix it's a mixed place it's a mixed place yeah um but yeah i'm still in touch with a lot of people i worked with from that and yeah, it really, it really did set me off. I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't gotten that, but Beautiful. luckily I did, and, and things have been working out so far. So, are you still in touch with Richard Parker? <laughs> Does Richard Parker <laughs> beat you in your dreams? <laughs> well, it's pretty sad because we had four tigers on set, um, and my favorite one was this huge one. He was about five hundred pounds. His name was Jonas. He was the most friendly of the tigers. Really friendly, too friendly. So we always wondered why he's so friendly, but a couple of years ago he passed away and they did something or they had been researching with him and they found that he he had a low IQ for a tiger Mm. uh, to the point where, and he was raised in captivity. So to the point where part of him thought he was human, which is why he was so nonchalant. And it's very interesting. He was the big, healthy, um, chill tiger in the movie so it's just very very uh interesting that there's a lot we don't understand about them and far more complicated than one assumes it's cool it's cool though um sad but but very interesting not a lot of people get to say they worked with a 500 pound tiger named jonas that's that's cool man (laughs) that's really cool and what are you doing now you're in new york i I don't know what the name of the show is but i think your manager told me you're working on an amazon show is that right what's uh cbs show oh cbs okay yeah it's a cbs show it's been on air for a season now this is the second season that's on air um oh is this god friendly it's called yes it's called god friendly Okay, I thought you were working on a different show. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Um, Yeah, so it's been going well. Um, 
yeah, right now we're a bit uncertain as to how we finish the project, at least the season, because with the outbreak, uh, sure. you know, yeah, the productions in New York have quickly, um, you know, called a pause because things are intense. But um, yeah, it's going really well. It's a really nice show. Um, it talks about basically like the the crossroads of faith and, and technology in today's world. So it's very interesting. Um, yeah, but right now it's a little bit stressful because we can't quite figure out what do we do, how do we finish. Um, so yeah, that's it. Pause right now. How many more weeks of work did you have? Do you- five days. Oh, five <laughs> days of work. Short amount of time, yeah. and we did like two hundred and seventy something. So oh my god, it's wow. it's it's interesting. But I have no doubt that we'll get it done. Sure. Um, the, yeah, the team is phenomenal. Suraj, do you have a, an affinity toward works that have a, I mean, you, you did Homeland too, but do you have a affinity toward spiritual stories? I mean, Life of Pi, God Friend of Me, they're all these really interesting, unique, transcendent stories types. Is that something you're really interested in? I might be, I guess. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm 100% like uh, very curious about the, it's not spirituality that I feel like I, like am as sensitive to as um kind of um like a humanity mm. aspect you know uh, a mutual understanding and mutual understanding of another person's ideas now those ideas might be religion or spirituality or or, or whatever the, the societal norms that keep them in check but um yeah humanity man like i think the the story should revolve around humanity we need we need we need uh we need people we need stories with a sense of um compassion and uh, trying to understand people that are not like us those are the things that are key right now because right now in the world we live in you're exposed to everything but you understand none of it Mm. so you can make up whatever you want and then if that becomes the mainstream idea behind something then people stick with it man and it might not be a good thing so I think a little less exposure for a little more uh, understanding is a, is a good trade-off. I love that. I appreciate that all stories you're, you're saying about humanity. I mean, it sounds so wild to me, but I believe it. But stories change the world. Oh, Film, yeah. Films change the world. When we humanize people, especially those who are other than us, and we can see life beyond their eyes and, and see what life is like for them. I mean... I have had the privilege of being to Delhi. I've seen India, but if you haven't and you watch The Illegal and you see this uh, Indian filmmaker, stu- uh, film student come to America and see his, his process, wow, does it open your mind? So I, I, I totally love that. I agree with that. And that's all what Brave Maker is about. And Donish, as a director, writer-director, you seem to do this. Your first film, Half Widow, right? You talk about this. Your next film, it's going to be in San Francisco. So let's hear about what you have worked on or what you are working on, Donish, because you seem to be have a knack for telling these types of other stories that make us see people in a way that we might miss. Yeah, I think empathizing with human plight is so important right now. And how do you see, do that through, tell, you know, through a film, through your characters, is I think something I really want to focus on, even for my future films, you know, where, as Suraj mentioned, we need compassion right now. We need to... Uh, understand the stories to any part of the world, but as long as you empathize with them, they're human. Anyone can relate to it, even here. You know, it doesn't need to be um, 
all in all in Hollywood film anymore. People, film like Parasite is winning in Oscars. Things are really changing now. And fusion, uh, everything is coming in. And once you make a film that's human and relatable and uh, to everyone, I think will be appreciated and will open doors to more and more stories like that. Yeah, so my next one is set in SF that we're working on right now. And also... Um, empathizes with the plight of a South Asian couple uh, in America. And we talk about mental illness. We talk about um, women empowerment in South Asian culture and tradition. Again, the film is about two characters and sort of seeing their journey and empathizing with their plight. Uh, there's no antagonist. There's no protagonist. They're both. There is a protagonist. There's no antagonist. They're both protagonists. And um, okay. this was, uh, you know, to empathize with them. It's, uh, it's a beautiful story. I'm very excited about it. Hopefully we start this year. I hope, hope that for you. I hope we get to see you in San Francisco. Do you have a title for that film yet, Donish? Yeah, it's called The Golden Hour. The Golden Hour. I love yeah. it. We, we, we know that in the filmmaking world. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's <laughs> a little window. <laughs> perfect. I already feel tense when I hear that. All right, cool. Hey, thanks to both of you. We're going to do a quick little lightning round. I'm not let you go back to New York and LA, respectively. All right, so quick questions. These are just, you know, one sentence. Could be even just a word or two. Uh, who's, who influences you? Who's something, someone you look up to? My mom. My dad, for sure, because uh, he's so amazing. You know, he's been part of this journey, and he's seen the whole struggle of independent filmmaking. And, uh, you know, and he wanted to be a filmmaker, but he never did. And he's supporting it full-time, and he, you know, it's like living his dream. So you both just gave your Oscar speeches to mom and to dad. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what are you watching or binging right now, especially as we're shut in? You can name a few shows. Go ahead. Or movies. I'm, I'm personally watching Earth at Night right now. And uh, it's, it's tremendously beautiful. I love nature documentaries and stuff like that. And it is great. Where can that one is, find that? Where is that? It's on Netflix. Netflix, Earth uh, at Night. Great. It's beautiful. I'm watching This Is Us. It's just beautiful performances. And yeah, I've been watching that for now. Yeah. Agreed. I love This Is Us. And actor Niles Fitch, who plays young teen Randall, was on our podcast. Hey. Episode 39, if you want to listen. <laughs> All right. All right. What made you cry recently? Every time I see you, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> so that show made you cry. <laughs> it's so emotional. You know, the, I love the siblings drama. I love much love they have for each other. It's beautiful. Yeah. So if you need to emote, watch This Is Us. Great. Siraj, what about you? Well, I don't know if it made me cry, but um, most recently I got super sad because I was supposed to go back to India. It's mm. been two years since I've been back. My family lives there. I really wanted to you know, go spend time with them and stuff. And now this corona stuff has happened, so I can't quite fly out there. Wow. So I got quite sad about that because you know, family time is super important. I've been really busy and you know, trying to be working as much as I can, but, uh, you know, I, I guess to a degree, I, I started, I was getting to a point where I was not spending enough family time. So I was like, okay, now this break, I'm going to go two months solid, get that going, you know, make, feel good, feel like home again. Um, but I can't go. So that was pretty, pretty sad. Pretty oh, sad. I'm sorry. That was May, right? I think I remember hearing you were supposed to go to India in May when we were trying to schedule. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, man. That's hard. It's all good. We'll figure out what happens and deal with it accordingly. I think the whole world's going through a bit of an upheaval. That's right. Well, this next question is right along that. What do you What do you do to cope 
with uh, rejection or sadness or when you want to quit? What's something you do that brings you happiness or helps you cope through a hard time? Could be unhealthy or, un- or, or healthy, whatever you want. Therapy or eating chips. Donish, Donish you first. Donish you first. Donish, you said podcast. That, that's what you do. <laughs> Inspiring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just you do, do that. Just to, you know, uh, get things out of your mind and relax or watch films and stuff. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. I, I, I try to, uh, first of all, I, I don't try to take things as that important as so important that I'm, if I don't get this, for example, if I don't get this acting gig that I'm auditioning for, my life is going to come to an end. So I try to keep it realistic. Um, but if I do get sad, you know, for me, it's either writing songs or, uh, right. Okay. So writing songs, playing soccer, video games, uh, talking to family, friends, or, uh, eating a lot. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> He's laughing at someone in the background who, who's shaking their head and agreeing. Totally agreeing yeah, about the eating part. <laughs> That's great. Um, I know I'm feeling it. I had like a bunch of cookies yesterday and then I had like some Pringles, sour cream and <laughs> onion. I was like, this is, this is real. All right. So last two questions. How would you define what it means to be a brave maker? I think in my head, uh, what makes you a brave maker is to be, yeah, it it is to be brave enough to listen to people who have opinions other than yours and kind enough to act accordingly. Understanding, finding understanding. Yeah, that's good. Donish, what about you? What, what, how would you describe what it means to be a brave maker? I think it's to take risks and uh, go through the journey and challenge by yourself. If you believe in something, stand for it. Um, do accept your reality and uh, act accordingly. But yeah, taking risks and you know, never giving up, having that attitude. Because things are not easy and you know, it's not for anyone. You just have to keep trying. Well, you heard it here. Being a brave maker means learning, listening, finding understanding, taking risks, keeping going, and sounds like also being willing to fail at times that's, and being wrong. I think that's, a, that's something I, I hear too, is when you find understanding, you might be wrong in what you yep. think about the world and think about others. And sometimes we do projects that end up, you know, quote unquote, failing, but that's okay. What can we learn and how can we move on? That's great. All right. Well, where can people find you? Are you all on the interwebs in social media anywhere? I am for sure on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I'm Sir Sharma, but uh, yeah, I'm not very social media types, but I'm trying to be. I'll get okay. there. Slowly. Are you social media distancing I'm, as well? Social media distancing. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to keep that one. That's good. All right. Well, I'm going to put all of those in the show notes. Hey, both of you. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, by the way, Siraj, you have a birthday next week, and I know that, yes. not because I'm a stalker, but because we got your, your, your plane ticket. <laughs> we had to have your date of birth. So I know March 21st is a big March day March 21st, for you. sir. Yep. So happy Seven. birthday to you, and uh, you. sorry you'll be shut in potentially, but may you have a great party in your little apartment <laughs> in New York. <laughs> Thanks, and uh, I hope we'll get to meet uh, in person and th- screen this film, Illegal. Congrats to both of you and all your stuff. Go watch Half Widow, which is the first feature for Donish. Go watch Homeland and God Friended Me and Life of Pi and many other films and TV shows that Siraj has been in. This <laughs> has been great. Anything else you two want to say? No, just thank you, Tony. Thank you. This okay. has been really good. Thank you for doing such great work and you know supporting filmmakers. So, yeah. 
Just love it. Thank you. Right on. It's a pleasure. And yeah, I'm uh, thankful for you. Thanks for making the time. I appreciate it. Danish, please let me know if there's anything I can do for you when you're in San Francisco. Honestly, like this is what I live for, making films and supporting people. And thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. All right. Peace to you. See you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Want to be social? Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bravemaker, Inc. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.